you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey there, welcome back, Restaurant Rockstars, to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast, engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. A lot of you know that 20 years, no, actually it's 23 years ago now, I started my first restaurant and I had no restaurant experience or restaurant management experience when I got into it. And it was definitely the school of hard knocks. So I think you'll really enjoy today's interview. Um, My man, Mr. Chris Lowe, is... uh, basically running a really, really cool place in Ontario, St. Catharines, Ontario. It's called the Mate Cafe, and he's got a very interesting story to share with you on how he got there and what he's doing now. So welcome, Chris, to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm glad to be here, Roger. Thanks, man. This is awesome. So again, you had no experience going into this, and now you've got a passion for the business that's pretty clear. You're running a place with a really cool vibe. Why don't you tell the the listeners how you got to where you are right now and what's going on with the cafe? Uh, Sure. Uh, As you mentioned, uh, I had absolutely no experience. I think I worked as a busboy once when I was like 15 or so, Uh, and that's the extent of my restaurant uh, experience on the other side so to speak. Um, I, long story longer, I, I, um, I, I'm a carpenter by trade and I went into business for myself. I uh, haven't worked my way through the ranks of uh, construction. I was renovating a, a building in uh, downtown St. Catharines, Ontario, which um, was sort of a, an industrial town that had its, its hard kicks like most industrial towns have. Mm-hmm, certainly. And uh, an opportunity came for a space in that building. Uh, so, um, I went into the business with a friend who turned out to be no friend at all. Uh, we opened up a cafe, and uh, at one point, uh, it got so bad that I just had to take over everything and just found it was a complete mess, and that's how I became a restaurateur. So were you guys partners in this gig? Was it your idea, his idea? How did you conceptualize all this? I mean, get a little deeper into that. Oh, well... Uh, we had been longtime friends and had done a lot of charity work for, uh, together um, through like Rotary and, and, and service clubs. Mm-hmm. And so there's sort of a built-in trust there. And really, I, my construction business was doing, was doing pretty de- decent. And the space came available. He was a restaurateur. And he started, you know, said, hey, maybe we could do something together. And I, my, my whole existence there was, was completely just to be to renovate the building, provide the shell, and he'd go in there and, um, you know, I'd be a guy who could go in there once a week and say, hey, I'm partnered in this. And that and that's what was supposed to happen. Supposed to. However, um, it turned out he was no friend of mine at all. And I don't want to go too deep into that story. But sure. um, I think, there, you know, I, I sort of had blinders on, I think. There was a built-in trust. And, uh, and so uh, when I finally had a look at the books, he had just run up lots of debt in my name uh, because uh, – because he had no credit himself, so uh, I was sort of thrown into it. And there was lots of things, like everybody else, had lots of things going on in my life. And I, I think at some point I was in a little bit of denial that this was happening, yes. which only caused yes. more problems, of course. Oh, wow. uh, so, anyways, when we, we did come to the realization that that that, that this all this was happening and took over, uh, 
we were like a sink or swim, really. Uh, and our life savings was in it, and um, we were sinking, actually, to be honest. But that was uh, five plus years ago, and we sort of pushed through all that and survived, so to speak. Wow, that's amazing. So you've made it you're past your five-year mark then. We just got past our five, that magical five-year mark that you hear a lot of people say just yes. this, this summer. Um, we've had incredible growth, for sure. Um, we had lots of room to grow as well, so, um, but we have indeed. And in our area of, uh, of uh, Ontario, it's called the Peninsula. Uh, we're, we're bordered by two great lakes and the Niagara No, I think this year I sort of realized anywhere I travel in that area, um, people know who we are. So. Oh, well, that's, that's awesome. So cafes, right? Everyone has conjured up an idea of what a cafe is. They've, we've all been to cafes. They're all different. They all have their own nuances. But it's really a romantic space, isn't it? It's a romantic business. The walls are filled with people's stories, and people go there for different reasons. Your place has a real vibe to it, you know? I mean... By design, right? It's an extension of you, your personality, your wife's personality. She works with you. You know, tell us about what it means to you. I mean, you walk in the door every day and you look and it's like, it's it's all about what you believe in, what you're passionate about, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, and, and that's what sort of, it is a vision that we always have. You know, I think at one point we always sort of thought, you know, maybe when we retire, we might open up a like a funky little cafe. Yeah. Whenever we would travel, we'd always go into cafes that were full of art and music. And these are all things that are very dear to us. Yes. And so um, Mate has come to, you know, became that, became what we wanted in, in that sense, the things that we value. And uh, for us in our little town that, w that we're in, uh, it's a university town and there's this, there is this really um, vibrant art scene. Uh, disproportionate to the size of the town, to be honest. There's there's just lots of great artists, and, um, and we've become a community hub for that. So, indeed, the, the romance of a cafe, uh, you know, my daughter makes fun of me when I talk about it all the time because I, I, I you know, exaggerate these words, that, you know, but romance my soul, she always says. But um, it's true. People come in there, they, you know, there's great conversations and, um I mean, people fall in love. It's a creative space. So not just like when we talk about artists and writers and students, but there's like lots of entrepreneurs that come in there. And it's, a, it, I mean, this is the 21st century. That cafe is virtual office for a lot of people that come in there. And you become connected. Our cafe, the way it is designed, um, we are very connected to our community. And one of the really cool things about us is as a coffee shop, portion you don't see people just once a day you see them several times a day day after day awesome i love it the repeat business and just yeah. the the fact that they make the place their own you know and they feel an affinity to it which is so important in the restaurant business because the competition in any type of restaurant cafe coffee shop it's fierce you know i mean you got something good going on if you're seeing the same faces many times a day multiple days that's awesome i i love that that's that's fantastic and, and you become connected with these people and they're yes. connected with you as well so you you know um 
they're part of each other's lives. Mm -hmm. For sure. Now, you got a five-star review two weeks ago or so that really struck me. I'm like, this is fantastic. This is, this is what you're doing well in the business if you're turning your customers on to this type of experience. This lady wrote, great selection of drinks and variety of food, friendly staff, fun atmosphere, good for studying or coffee dates, lots of events like comedy nights and open mic. The only complaint I have, mate is almost always crowded. What a great review. You must have loved that. Yeah, I, I that um, may be the best review anybody can get as far as I'm concerned. That's awesome, yeah. right? You, you get lots of reviews. It's, it's a review culture now, yeah. and um, uh, and that one, that one was definitely special. Uh, you know, we can't please everybody, and right. we are a cafe, so um, we have our limitations, but uh, people that get what we're doing... And get the art, the music, the romance, the, the community connection. Um, they are they are fervent about it, and they and they love the cafe. And to have your only complaint to be is that it's crowded. I, I think that's pretty darn good. That's a good problem to have. Okay, yeah. so take me back, say four and a half years ago. You're right in the thick of things. You had just pretty much opened the doors, and you had no experience. Do you remember what it was like? What you did first? What you focused on? How you made a go of the place with no experience? Tell me about that. Um, I think the wisest decision would have been just to, to leave it, to be honest, because there were so many hard lessons to learn. Yes, I, I but, remember. But, um, you know, as a carpenter by trade, as a, as a workman by trade, I, uh, um, uh, my, my idea was, you know, like just bear down and work, basically. So, you know, just keep working at it. Mm -hmm. And they were long and hard days. And, but what really buoyed the spirits, because the dollars and cents weren't there, um, was how quickly it, um, people did attach to the idea. And then, you know, we needed more people attached to it. But, but the people that, that came in the door, saw it, sat down, loved it. And you said, well, you know, like, we, we were just so strapped for cash. We couldn't promote. We couldn't do anything. But, you know, Eventually, more and more people would, would find out from the people that loved it, and they, they became our ambassadors, so to speak. But, oh, my gosh. You're um, speaking. They were, they were days that my daughters would have to come in on the weekends because we'd have so many few customers. But if a few came in at one time, you didn't want them to have to wait two hours. So they would be doing their homework, yeah. and uh, you know, five people would come in. They'd, all, they'd jump in and help sort of thing. And, uh, uh, it was a real family affair right from the get-go. It was indeed. I think that I think in... I think people are looking for, uh, at least that come in the door of an independent, are looking for that, right? They're looking for something that's independent and not the same as everybody else. So, yep. um, Absolutely right. Yeah. So word of mouth obviously became your best form of marketing. You didn't have a lot of money. And even if you did have a lot of money, you know, I'm, on, I'm a huge advocate of internal marketing, using your staff, using your customers, using the four walls of your space to promote mm -hmm. what's special about you. And it sounds like... No one taught you that. You did that out of necessity. You did it on your own. The customers immediately loved what you were doing, and then the word of mouth just kicked in, became your best form of marketing. There is nothing better than that. That is so powerful, you know, so, so amazing. And like you said, I love the word ambassador because I trained my staff to be ambassadors, to make friends with the customers every night, and then the customers would sing our praises, and they'd tell anyone that would listen what a great, fun place it was. Every night's an event. It's, you know, it's... So you're doing that. That's that's terrific. So, okay. So fast forward a, a little bit more into the business um, beyond just opening the doors and, and jumping in. What have you found to be the biggest challenges in running the cafe right now? 
Well, right now, I think that what um, uh, I've been saying to uh, anybody that will actually listen, I guess, yeah. um, is that that we have survived. We've survived these hard years and lessons I've learned, you know, um, especially from the outside. Um, and and now it's time we should be we should be thriving, right? So um, the reason I came into uh, I guess into your view. Um, is I start, I, I, I heard you on a podcast and that led me to your podcast. Um, and then to purchase your, your, your book and, and start going through the spreadsheets. And, um, I mean, that would have been really great if I did all that five years ago. I, I have this sort of saying the best time to plant a tree, you know, people say it's 25 years ago, the next best time is right now. So right now I'm getting into your spreadsheets. And, um, so, uh, and it, it is a great time to hit it right now. I would like, I know you were saying like one of the things when I, were, you talked to me about coming on here was like, um, tell your story and tell, you know, like what brought you to you sort of. And, um, it is that, that, um, you know, we restaurateurs that especially the ones without experience, you just end up throwing hours and hours at stuff. And then you got to say like, you, you get a little, you get a little crazy. Like that's all, you know, right. It's all, you know, it's just the hard work and the hard work. And, you know, you, if you want it to change, you got to change it, right? So, uh, well, you mentioned so what I was going to say is right now we came at a great time because we are revamping our menu and all this. And I said, well, we got these spreadsheets, so we're costing out everything as we're going. And, we, you know, we'll just keep going through the restaurant and then we'll get into these other things that will just give us controls and, and, and not go by what you feel is doing well, right? Well, you've got a very extensive menu, and uh, it's great because, well, let me back up a second. It seems like you are still putting in long hours. You're open for breakfast, and you're open into the evening because you've got open mic nights and everything in between, right? So you're spending lots of time at the restaurant, and you're serving multiple day parts, and you've got a menu for everything. You've got flatbread pizzas, and you've got breakfast sandwiches, and you've got all sorts of, you know, coffee-type pastries. You've got a variety of things, which I would imagine a cafe would have. Now, as you're getting into these spreadsheets, I'm this huge advocate, as you're costing things out, of designing every aspect of your menu to provide a very similar profit profile, okay? Mm -hmm. And I say that for a number of reasons, because I've worked with so many restaurants over the years that just put a menu together kind of willy-nilly because they think, oh, I have to have this, or this is what I like to eat, or this is what the customer asks for, or this is popular. And then they see what their competitors are charging, and then they just throw a similar price, but they have no idea what it costs them to put any of those dishes on the plate. And then I ask them, so what are your most profitable items? And they can't tell me. What are your most popular? They oh, well, we sell lots of this. So then we run a product mix report over a date range, and suddenly we, found out, we find out that their least profitable items are their most popular sellers. What a problem yeah. to have. I mean, if you really want to spin your wheels, so that's why I try to design everyone their thinking, you know, to sort of a paradigm shift and say, okay, if I'm going to revamp my menu, let's have the variety and the appeal to the customer. That's very important. But while we're designing this, let's try to add the ingredients, you know, that are going to be profitable ingredients. And let's try to design dishes so that based on what we charge, each dish is contributing a very similar, if not same profit. And then we don't really care what we're selling because lower price, lower profit items aren't cannibalizing higher profit item sales, you know. And so many operators have made that mistake and continue to make it. So I'm glad to hear you're well, looking at the menu. I've been guilty of that. Okay, Very so, much so 
now's the first day of, uh, of a whole new year for you. 2017 is about numbers and systems and inventory is really important. I didn't ask you yet if you're taking exactly. a regular inventory, but that's critically important. I've given you a system for that too. And after a while, when you use these tools and techniques and spreadsheets, you can take a step back and just spend minutes per week when it used to take you hours because now you've got a system and you know at a glance what your numbers are and whether they're working for you or working against you. And whether it's labor costs or it's food costs or whatever, you can quickly zero in on a problem and fix it before too many days go by in the month. So I'm really glad to hear you say that you're, you're diving into that right now. That's awesome. Well, I, absolutely. I'm... I'm think guilty of what you you uh, said that many restaurant owners do. So I'm I'm happy to say though that we 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 were, we are let's say a third away through um, uh, pricing out our menu because we're rolling out all kinds of new breakfast and brunch stuff. Mm -hmm. Which that's right, you're open for brunch now. We, we've addressed everything. We were look, I know on that spreadsheet right now. Um, you know where my profit centers are, and as we design that menu, we'll be able to, to feature those. And we even had our staff meeting last week and, and as we rolled out these things and um, we're putting up sheets so the staff is aware of, you know, what are the items that we want. And, and again, so much like you, you can't price on what your competition is pricing, right? So and I'm 100% guilty of doing that before. But you have to be aware of what your competition is doing. So I always right. recommend that you shop your competitors, you see what their customers are doing, you sort of gauge their traffic levels throughout the day, you look at their menu, you see what they're charging, and you always try to stay ahead of what they're doing. And be unique, be different. Be what Mate is all about, which I'm sure you are, I know you are. <laughs> but never lose sight of what the competition is doing and always stay ahead of them. And that's one way that you can just have a competitive advantage. And that's so important. So the food costing side of things we just talked about, how about your labor? Are you having any labor challenges with hiring people, with training, what I call your dream team staff? Do you have a great staff that really gives a great experience to the customer, Chris? I would say um, we are very fortunate to have outstanding staff. Excellent. We have we um, uh, we have outstanding staff that, that um, sort of recruits the next batch of outstanding staff. So we've had a, a real core of people that have stayed with us, but we are a university town, mm -hmm. and um, there is turnover, and um, we're sort of a place that people want to work because of our staff. That's what people want to come because of our staff. We have really great staff. Um, we talked about them being ambassadors, but... Um, because we are not a corporate model, we can allow our students, our staff, to be um, be themselves. You know, within parameters, obviously, but um, uh, we we encourage it. You and I have never spoken before, but so many things that you're saying to me are things that I've experienced personally, things that I have a real strong belief in, and we could be speaking the same language. It's like I always. Yeah encouraged and trained my staff to use their own unique personalities to dazzle the customer. You know, be who you are, but be special, be unique, be an ambassador. And we had people that would juggle at tables, entertain the kids, tell jokes, you know, whatever it is, whoever you are, be that person. And that helped our restaurant stand apart from the competition. So I'm a huge advocate of that as well. And yeah, I mean, you've got it. I mean, all these things are working for you. Don't forget to recognize and reward your people. I have lots of ideas. You'll read some of those in the book as well. 
and some of the other programs that I have online, but recognition and rewards to build that A-team staff are super important. And just like yourself, I also used my A players to bring in other A players that they knew that would fit the chemistry of our place. You know, we had some B players that needed a little bit of polish, but the A's kind of brought the B's up to their level over time. And anyone who was a C player, we got rid of immediately. You got the staffing thing down too. It's a wonderful thing in this business to have great staff that you can rely on that have been with you for a while that, that not only are having fun, but showing your customers more fun. And that is so much of the game right there. And it sounds like you've got that achieved as well. So I'm sure you're doing this, but recognition and rewards programs just to keep things fun, keep things exciting, even a healthy competition to get them to make recommendations that they know your customers will enjoy. All those things will impact your sales uh, in the cafe. So 2017, brand new year. Um, what are your goals for the year, Chris, and how do you think you're going to achieve those? Well, your uh, your program is a big part of my goals, actually, that them. The reason I, I looked into it was because it was 2017. I'm a big believer. I, I love the change of the year. Um, I know it's arbitrary, but it is a change, and I, I leave all the, the crap behind and take the good stuff with me and, and start again. So um, I've actually put myself on, I've said, um, um, similar to when a president or a prime minister comes in, they always tell you the 100-day plan, the first 100 days. So I'm 100 days in it, uh, to get these numbers under control. And get my life back in control. So sort of that sort of life balance, right? Um, uh, so I can uh, enjoy a little more time with my family, uh, as well as uh, um, when I'm in the cafe, enjoy more of of the cafe as well. So um, I have definite plans, um, and, and we we and this is the first time we ever sat down with the staff and said this is the type of growth we've never concentrated on growth, but we've had good growth. Um, that said, well, you know what? Like in life, you you sort of get the greatest benefits on things you, you concentrate on, right? So let's let's concentrate on on, on a growth that will be um, will put us in the sort of uh, revenue that we want. So we are all about um, revenue. And I don't know if I, I'm quite as uh, to your podcast. We always hear you talk about profit, and I think I got to get into that sort of mode more. Uh, of being profit centric, you said you. Were, I think you described yourself often as uh, sort of profit crazy. That it was. So I'm looking to get to that point. Profit. Well, you know why, Chris? I mean, Sassy. I didn't have the benefit of having a year-round operation. It's like I had several restaurants, but they were all at a ski resort in Maine. We were weather dependent. We were economic dependent. If it didn't snow, if it rained, I mean, all these things affected business. So when you're only open less than 120 days a year, you can afford to make very few mistakes. And I made lots of them in the beginning, so I put systems in place that I created because I had business skills that I applied to a business that isn't traditionally run by business people. You know, lots of people get into this business because they're passionate or they're foodies or they're chefs or whatever, but they, they don't necessarily realize that it is a business first and a restaurant second. And you're not selling food and drink and coffee, you're selling experiences, you're selling good times, you're selling entertainment and consistency, and that was the difference. So every single day I was open, I literally had to maximize the volume of people that came through my place and maximize the profits of everything I sold. And that's the only way the numbers would work, you know. It was a high overhead operation and it was not, it was not easy in the beginning. It was not easy in the middle. But once all these systems were rolling, it became much simpler. And you're going to find that out. So I'm really happy that you're putting that time in now. 
I often tell people, work on your business today so you decide how you work in it or if you work in it in the future. You know, that's kind of an exit strategy. Some of my um, current episodes are all about exits, Chris, and that means different things to different people. I mean, maybe you want to sell the cafe someday. Maybe you just want more free time with your family while your great staff has your back and they run your place. Or maybe you want to open up more Mate cafes in different locations. I mean, every one of those is an exit strategy, but you can't do it without systems. So one day at a time, there is no finish line. Focus on the profits, focus on the value and the customer experience, and the rest will take care of itself. Wonderful. <laughs> and, we're, and we're certain on that path. So let me ask you, last question. Um, is it still fun, and what are you most optimistic about in the future? Um, yeah, it's still a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I guess all restaurants, but in particular, uh, cafe is so much about people and uh, um I think the thing that kept me going through it, I found out that I, I really love the food service. I love, I love the people and, um, and being involved in, in, uh, in so many different aspects of people, um, from employees to customers to uh, suppliers. It, it's, it's a, I think it's a great business to be in. So um, I look forward to just continuing with that and, and, and growing the business. And, and I, I think... Um, in the end, through all all this stuff, I, I hope to have more control, and then maybe uh, we'll look at other spots. I, I, I think um, uh, control of stuff is a lot better. I, you know, people are always saying, oh, you, you're the owner of Mate. I said, well, I think Mate owns me more than I own it. And, uh, I think we got we want to switch that dynamic around. You can certainly do that. Well, you know, I can tell just in this short conversation that you clearly love doing what you're doing, and you are right for what you're doing. You know, not everybody is right for this business. It is so challenging. It does have such a high failure rate. You've made it five years. Accolades to you for that. That is awesome. And there's only upside in the future. So listen, if you need, honestly, if you need any questions, any help with the spreadsheets or anything that I can do for you in the future, you got my email, reach out to me. We can have a phone call. I love helping others. I'm passionate about the business too. So I'm really happy you're doing what you're doing. I really enjoyed our interview today. Um, that was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. If you like what you're hearing, give us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, CeeLo uh, for being with us and we'll catch you next time you're welcome thank you thank you very much thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast for lots of great resources head over to restaurantrockstars.com and while you're there download a copy of the book Rock Your Restaurant it's a game changer see you next time